Ladies and gentlemen, this is Michael Dean. We are here live in Minneapolis. Uh, I'm at the uh, Podcast Mini. That's what we call it, Podcast Minneapolis, Podcast Juice. But no, this is the Prince Podcast, and I'm joined today by Dwayne Tudal. And of course, for you hardcore Prince fans, and maybe some of you not so hardcore, you are knowing that he is the author of an upcoming Prince book called Prince and the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions. Oh, already, I'm just feeling like, ah, I gotta get this book. It sounds like it's just gonna be so good. Uh, but I am joined today with Dwayne. You are here, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Very excited to be here. So there was a trailer that came out that you had a hand in, right? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Uh, we're, we're, right now, we're trying to do something that... We're trying to find ways to get these stories out from everybody. Everybody okay. has... The, the, all the people that worked for Paisley Park have their stories to tell. Yep. And if some uh, Susan Rogers said something very astute where she said, if everybody tells their story, we can sort of put together an idea of what Prince was like. We'll never get the real guy, but if everybody tells their truth, mm-hmm. they can we can see a bigger picture of what this man was. And I think that's vital is make sure that everybody tells their the truth. And so what we've done is we've gone back and talked to a lot of people, and, and this is what I've been doing for years with different projects, is finding ways to tell um, the story of Prince, and, and in a way that respects and honors him and, and pushes it to the next level. And, and with that said, this book you got coming out, Prince, I want to make sure you get Prince and the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions. Now, it's 1983-84. Yes. Part of the, oh, yes. Uh, that's uh, important. The, the title, I would love to have had a simpler title. <laughs> I would love to have had Prince in the Studio, but that was taken. Right. Um, and uh, we went back and forth with the publisher. Um, this was the, the hybrid we came up with. Um, it has Purple Rain. It explains that this is when they were recording Purple Rain. But this is also... It basically, the book goes from January 1st, 1983 to December 31st, 1984. Literally a two-year period. Okay. And it tells the story of him going from being the critical darling that he was before mm-hmm. the popularity of 1999, the release of 1999, which is before the book started. But it starts off with him mid-tour of the 1999 tour. And it's not... The, the album sales are not doing great. The album is on its way down. Okay. He had already released an album at the time that was on its way down. And the Vanity Six album was on its way down. So it's like it had peaked... It was going down, and they weren't sure where it was going to go. And it goes from there to the success of Little Red Corvette coming out, mm-hmm. 1999 being released, and him becoming big. And then Purple Rain, which, as you know, was a little movie he did, and uh, he became a little bigger. And it's all the things involved in this. And the, the nutty thing about this is it's about a guy who wanted the world and wanted and, and worked for it. This is a guy who worked hard for it. And he got the world, and then at the end, he wasn't necessarily happy with it. And he didn't want to be Mr. Purple Rain. He just said, you know what, by the end of, the, by the end of December of 84, which Purple Rain was released in 84, he pretty much said, I don't want to be Mr. Purple Rain, I'm done. And mm-hmm. within four months, the tour was over, and he'd come out with his next album. Okay. So it's the story of getting everything you want and then realizing you can either compromise your standards or you can be an artist and... And, and this has a unique take on it because, you know, I'm looking at uh, some of the book here. This is told, 
it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, almost on a day-by-day sort of chronological order. Right. Um, this came from, the idea of this came from, I worked on a book called The Vault. Yes. Uh, and I don't know if you know that book. I didn't know that book. Okay. No, look, I heard about <laughs> it. <laughs> when I, worked for, I worked for a magazine called Uptown. Mm-hmm. Uptown was uh, a bunch of uh, Prince fanboys. We just, we all liked. Prince and Pierre Nelson was kind of heading yes. it up. Who wrote DMSR, and uh, it's kind of that was sort of the Bible for us, and um, we all worked on that. And uh, you see my credit in the beginning of DMSR, and then we did the Vault, and the Vault was the book of trying to do a daily basis of what he did. And during that time, Pierre and I were talking about it's Pierre or Pur. I've never known which one was. Um, (laughs) I was going to ask you. (laughs) I think it's Pierre, but I've heard both ways. Um, I think he told me before, and I forget since then. Because we've only dealt with each other for 25 years on the internet. That's oh, it. Wow. Never actually spoken. Never seen each other. Um, but he and I talked about the, doing a studio book. And we laughed because we thought this would be Herculean. There's no way that mm-hmm. this could be done. And I had gotten all the work orders from Sunset Sound, which is where Prince was recording for a lot of his stuff. I just walked in there and talked to them and interviewed the owners or the, mm-hmm. the uh, managers. And as I'm talking to them, I said, you know, do you know the dates of this stuff? And they said, well... You want to see them? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And so he let me in, and, and uh, I made copies of this. He won't do this now, I'm sure, but but he made copies of all the stuff mm-hmm. I did, and uh, with some stipulations, what you know, I can talk about what I can't, okay. and which is very fair because he was you know doing this, and I, I'm um, they've been exceptional to me, and, and and I've gone back to them several times for questions. They're really good about answering stuff, but I was able to find out through the work orders. All the engineers that worked on the stuff, all the dates, even the times to be able to say, oh, yeah, he was working on that mix of Possessed on April 25th, 1984. That was the instrumental that ended up being the movie. So when you can look through dates like that, you're going, oh, whoa. Mm -hmm. I can see at 2 in the morning he started working on this song, and and that's just – that's nuts. That's that's incredible. Yeah. And I'm going to jump around here a little bit because you just said something that's – fascinating to me you could see the times when he was working what if you can remember I know there's a lot here in the book is there do you remember anything that just jumped out at you of like wow he was doing this song on this particular day well April 25th things that's my birthday okay. so that's why I was like going <laughs> that's why I remember that one but I, I've actually gotten to be a bit of a um, I, I, um, I know a lot of this stuff now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like been drilled into me because I'm, I'm going over and over and over. And it's just focus on the first sure. book. Uh, there may be more, depending on how well this work, okay. book goes out. Um, but yeah, there's some there's things I'm going, oh, I see. And you, can, and you start comparing things to where he was doing things. You go, oh, wait, he was doing this. And then the Olympics happened the next day in Los Angeles. He was out of town for that week. So you're going, okay, okay got it. Or... Uh, he flew in just for this or wait he was here and he performed in, Los- in Minneapolis that next night he must have gone home then or, or you, you could see mm-hmm. when he was traveling when he was doing things and stories he told about well I went out and saw and there's a story that he wrote um, um, Erotic City after seeing George Clinton yeah now that's a story he's told uh, but I don't think that's accurate okay you know it's a great story right but the interesting thing about Prince is and I haven't interviewed him, so uh, you know I will um, okay. say that right away. Um, but I, since, I, since I couldn't interview him, and I never even approached him, I interviewed everybody around him that I could. And uh, he also is a bit of a, tr- a prankster, and would say things and makes his history as he wants it. And he probably did see George Clinton and P Funk singing all the stuff, and you know knee deep, you know jamming to that. 
I don't doubt that. But the concert he saw was on a, a, a year earlier. And oh, so okay. it's like, okay. And I, I looked in the papers and I couldn't find a, a mm-hmm. P-Funk concert. In fact, they were playing somewhere else when he was recording that. So I don't know. I, I just either he's mistaken or maybe he wrote it and then didn't do anything with it for a year. I doubt that's the case. But hmm. Or maybe he, yeah, I'm speculating, he remembered that show and it's like, ah, Could okay. be, yeah. I'm I mean, and the thing is, that. who knows what sparks sure. in, uh, you know, in Sparado? You know, you never know. And, and, and that's the other thing is people talk about, was this song inspired by this person? Was this song, you know, and there's been a bunch of controversy lately about, mm-hmm. oh, was this song? And I think that the best way to look at it is any sort of painter or artist or musician is inspired by the world and yeah they may see little things and they may pull a little piece of this and a little piece of that just like a good chef may say you know what I, I tried this and I add a little wine to this and, and it's all a big um, gumbo um, but I don't know if, if some of this stuff was inspired specifically by one person or one event but anything could set the guy off sure. you could be walking across the floor and your shoes make a noise and you go wait <laughs> and uh, he did that with one song okay. yeah um, and you mentioned something else that you didn't interview Prince and you said I didn't try to approach him so that would tell me you've been working on this book okay. quite some time yeah, and I, I think it's important to say because I know a lot of people will say oh you know, Prince is passing people are trying to crank these books out but, but talk to me a little bit about no, that's that. very true I, I started working on this book over 20 years ago Wow. so it's been a, it's been it's like half my life on this book Okay. I know I should have been at work <laughs> it's like one of the guys waiting in the movie line for Star Wars you know for, for three weeks <laughs> um, but it was like that and uh, I about four years ago my wife and I started talking and she said is this going to be a hobby or is this because I had I've interviewed like I said I, over the time I've interviewed 40 to 50 people for this book a lot of the revolution is early on, you know, along the way, and every engineer and, and whatnot, and members of Apollonia 6 and the family in the time. And she said, are you going to do something with this, or are you going to just make this a hobby? And I realized, you know, this is a book, and I want to come out with this. And this was three or four years before it passed. And then uh, last year, 2016, my wife's, uh, I wasn't working for a few weeks. I was in between two jobs. I do freelance uh, producing and editing for TV shows. Oh, wow. And so I had a few weeks off, and she said... Don't do anything. It was kind of nice. Don't do chores. You know, don't, don't paint the house. Right now, focus on the book. Get it done. And so I had until like mid-March. And I just sat every day. Wow. It was my, it was my thing. You're working like a job. Exactly. <laughs> it was my job. And I got it done. And about March 15th, I got it done. And so I was excited. And then a month later, Prince passed. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I didn't approach him was because, first off, he's pretty litigious. Mm-hmm. Was. Um, and I didn't want to have him start putting up roadblocks. Mm. Um, I wanted to get it. I figured it's easier to um, ask for uh, forgiveness than to ask for permission. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't want him saying, you know, whatever it was. And uh, also I thought it was a book that honored him. Uh, that was the other thing is I really wanted to make sure it was something. Because I, I wrote it knowing that he could sue. So I made sure I didn't say anything bad in it. Okay. It's a book about. It's a book by somebody who loves the music. It's the book I wanted to read. I it's the bottom line. When I think about books, I've read every, just like you, mm-hmm. I've read every Prince book out there. Um, some are good, some are really good, and some are to me off the mark. They just uh, they don't I get it. And some I look at and you go, they one they interviewed one person, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going, wait, there's so much bigger stories to tell. 
Um, and so I wanted to have as many voices in there as possible. So I have, you know, them telling their stories. And sometimes it's from my interviews. Sometimes I use stuff from your shows. Um, uh, Susan Rogers, who I've interviewed many times, I, she, you know, I, she has great quotes in a lot of different places. I use quotes from her, but I put them all in perspective. And, and some people I wasn't able to get, but they talked enough in, in the public eye that I was able to use their quotes. But most of it was, it's the dates that I have from the, the work orders from what Prince did and what days. And that's basically the skeleton of the, of the book. And all the interviews and all the recollections are the meat that I hang on the skeleton to make, a, make, the, gotcha. make the body. Wow. So that's how it is. So this book, in, you know, again, let me know if I'm wrong. So this probably encompasses... I'm going to say I'm going by albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purple Rain, yes. right? Ice Cream Castles, yes. Apollonia Six, yes. uh, the Glamorous Life yes. album, yes. and I would dare say probably songs off of Round World in the Day. Uh, almost the, in the entire Round World. Right? The um, the cool thing about this is it, it, it all those albums and also the family. Oh, okay. um, uh, outtakes uh, stand back. I talk about okay. Um, uh, Manic Monday. Uh, Sugar Balls, um, a bunch of outtakes that never made it out. Some are now released. I still call them outtakes, but they're on the okay. Purple Rain Purple Deluxe. Mm-hmm. Um, and also some other songs that still aren't out. A song called More Majority, song called uh, several other songs that, that are not out there. There's, we're still a longer version of 17 Days are all talked about in this book. So it's, it's a book for per- people that enjoy the music but want to know what's going on and it, it sort of put it in perspective it basically the book starts off with a quote by Prince that says all my life is in my records hmm. and if you look at it you realize that all of his moods and all of his um, the good and bad of his life are in um, his music he's in a good mood does this stuff hmm. in a bad mood does an angry song and and he's in a great mood and you look at like the, the album Pearl Rain he has a lot of Embracing other people, uh, I would die for you. Let's you know, let's let's get go crazy. You know, it's all these different things of collective, and I think that he was like that at that point, and and so that's where that comes from. Wow, if you just think about that, well, I don't know you have, but <laughs> 1983 to 84, that's just a one year period. Here is the, the and, and, and agreed that the there's a lot the, of be- work. The beginning of January of 84 through July, uh, July August of 84, he recorded. Almost all of the time, Ice Cream Castle's mm-hmm. album. Um, actually, Ice Cream Castle. Okay. I think which one's what? I was figured which right. one's one, what? Yeah. Um, but uh, um, the time, the time album, Summer of Purple Rain, um, uh, two songs of Purple Rain, the Apollonia Six album, the Sheila, Sheila album, the Family album, and that was all within that, that time period. I mean, within months. And this is also, during this two year period, he played over 100 days on stage because he, he did. It was two tours during that point in time, okay. as well as one-off shows that he did. Um, uh, he did a movie. Right. Uh, and it's all within two years. And the wow. guy's like 25, 26 years old, 24, 26 years old. Amazing. You're looking at it going, I was an idiot at that time. I can't imagine having, <laughs> right. having a machine like that working. So he had to have these people around him that were feeding his machine you know, to make sure that what he was doing... Mm-hmm. Was he had music to go out and and every project and he'd meet somebody and say, "Dad, you want a song? Modern Airs, okay, right. great. You know this person wants a song. Oh, she needs to want a song. Sure, Sugar Walls, and that kind of stuff. You, just, you look at what he did and also the songs that didn't come out for years. You're just like going, I, nobody, nobody does that. 
Yeah, that's a, I mean, just those first three, you know, the, the ice cream, ice cream castle, purple rain, Apollonia six, and I guess glamorous life, and then having a movie, mm-hmm. like that's most that would be a person's career, career right? Yeah. yeah. And then when I think of it as a fan, I think of like um, so when you get to the family and just the you know, the difference or the feel of that production or the music mm-hmm. as opposed to. I'd be like that's some of the songs I could hear. Okay, the little similarities, but it's on a different sort of plane. You know? The cool thing about the family is it was in the ashes of the time breaking up, mm-hmm. and I think Prince said, "I want to rival. I want to. I want to rival the time, but not out time the time." Mm-hmm. You know, he said, "I want to do something that's different than time because I got to show these guys that I don't need them." Right. You know, you know, and that's how he sort of was. And so he created this thing with the family, and he created this beautiful, different sound. And it was recorded in different places. It was recorded at, at the um, at the warehouse, and the, the setup at the warehouse is very different than uh, Sunset Sound. Uh, it was basically an open area with a carpet underneath the, the mixing board and stuff like this. They had to use headphones. It was very different. And then they bring in Claire Fisher later in the year to add his stuff to it. And once his stuff was added to it, they took out all the the DX7s and and, and a lot of things that they had in there that were very heavy and took out some of the percussion and made it so it's more sweeping and beautiful. And you combine the jazz thing with Claire Fisher, and it was just a different direction. And that's just, it's it's a beautiful album with, it just, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and then, like you said, different. I mean, you wouldn't even know the same dude. Yeah. That's that's the cool thing. That's fascinating. That's why I love him is because he is able to bring that... If you like certain things, it opens you up to ideas. I would not have thought about certain jazz things at the time. And no, you know, some people say, oh, you know, Eric. Not real jazz. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, he grew up in a jazz house. His dad was a jazz musician. So I I give him, yeah, I think he's got enough knowledge of the stuff to be able to do something. Yeah, Madhouse may not have been a jazz album completely, but it it was something different. And that's that's actually not even that in this, this part. But the, I think Madhouse came from well through the flesh and then went back to uh, the family because the family had two instrumentals on there as well that were kind of precursors to Madhouse and stuff like that so it just I I think the family album is one of those albums that is just forgotten and it shouldn't be because it's so damn good well it should definitely obviously all of the Paisley Park stuff should be out there right yeah the family that's like well it's got one of the biggest songs Mm -hmm. on there you know Right, but but just, just so to me, unfortunately, it just it got lost in the shuffle, yeah. and because they didn't tour, they had one show, and if people get a chance to see After Lux, go see them because they're really good. I need to see them. You should I, see. I, them. Actually, I think uh, Paul Peterson played last night or something. Actually. Did he? Yeah, I saw it on Facebook. Uh, we were busy. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll, we'll meet, meet him tomorrow. You'll meet him tomorrow. <laughs> um, and the other cool thing about the book, too, and again, remind people, when is the book coming out? Okay, the book comes out November 15th, uh, give or take a day or two, okay. um, and it is being published by um, Roman Littlefield. Uh, it's a publisher of uh, educational books. Okay. Um, and, hey, uh, this is educational. <laughs> the thing is, it, it's, it's educational, and it's interesting. The, the cool, uh, the, it's, uh, it does, it's, uh, I, I think of myself as a, a Funk archivist, you know. I, I, Funk archivist. I, I, I like that. I, 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 I like to think of myself as doing that because okay. I, I love, I love history of music. I love the history of music, mm-hmm. and, and and this is kind of digging in and realizing where the stuff comes from because it's some things I'm tracing back to 
distant bands as well. Mm-hmm. You know, things like okay, well, this is this is sort of where this came from, and I think that's kind of fun. And and hearing all the different perspectives on where these songs came from. What I wanted to do was not just tell what was recorded when and where, mm-hmm. but why. Okay. And that's the interesting thing to me is when you start realizing. Oh, he says this in this song. Well, he, the day before he recorded Jungle Love, that's why in this song he says, it's a jungle in here. And you're like going, oh, and you start seeing the different, yeah. And, and to me, that's that adds an element of life to the song. And when you picture the, um, the revolution playing um, America, uh, they're all in basically in the room, all just jamming. And it was just, everybody's having a good time just... Stepping forward, doing their stuff, and this is a big jam. And you hear how good the revolution was. That wow. when you know this, it makes it that much better. But also knowing that there were times that he just would go in the studio by himself and come out with you know uh, uh, beautiful ones. And you're sitting there going, "That's what happens when you go in the studio for 24 hours." Oh, right. okay. Nobody else does that. Wow. Nobody else does. That. Now let me ask you this: People say that you know, was it literally? Was there literally a 24 hour? Sessions. Uh, there's been sessions that were like that. Um, and there's been sessions that he's had engineers there for long. None were in this book, but I know of Susan Rogers did a, a, a 96 hour session when she was breaking down a studio and putting it back up. Um, but that was in Minneapolis. <clears throat> uh, none that were, um, that long, but there were some that you go into the next day, you know, long into the next day, and again he'll 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 wear you down because he'll he'll go home and sleep, and then he'll say, okay, I need you back in here. Like with Manic Monday, he called Peggy and said, I had a dream, and I want to record it, and so meet me back in the studio. And she gets there and waits and waits, and he finally shows up. And then sometimes he'll leave and go to a movie, or mm-hmm. and sometimes he'll come back and and you're just going, and she's going, I'm still working on this, man. I'm here for hours and you know there's there's some 20 hour sessions in there but I haven't seen any go over that in here but okay. he did that he did that he did that very much so. uh, talk, talk to me about uh, you know another uh, cool thing that's notable on the cover and, and, and I've seen already is the uh, foreword by Questlove Questlove yeah. how did that come, come to play best. <laughs> um, a friend of mine uh, knew Questlove knows Questlove and, and said um, showed him two or three pages for the book and Quest was like oh my god I want to see more so I, I gave him the whole book and he wrote me and said uh, I, I, I shouldn't say that's okay. I want to say cuss on this thing but <laughs> oh you can say no, whatever he, he said this is shit man this is shit <laughs> and, and uh, he and I started talking about things and uh, back and forth on the internet and uh, God, I love the internet. I don't know how they did this stuff before. I, I don't know how they did it without, got around without maps and stuff like that. But I don't know how they did all this stuff without <laughs> constant contact. But he uh, wanted to be involved in it in some form. And he's just, he's, he was such a great guy. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll write the forward for you. Nice. And uh, he wrote the forward and uh, opened doors at times too. Because okay. people say, oh, Questlove wrote the forward. Okay. Right. And like uh, the book was being delivered um, and I, I think partially because Questlove's, you know, when when I came out when they announced the book, Questlove uh, said on his um, Twitter uh, on his Twitter page, uh, he tweeted out that uh, you know the book was coming out. He's like, this is the book we've all been waiting for, mm-hmm. and that's to 1.8 million people. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's something I can't reach. Right. And he just 
she blows my mind. <laughs> and uh, and I actually, I and the funny thing is, all the whole thing, I hadn't met him. I met him two, three weeks ago for the first time. Okay. And he's, he's just a cool in person. Right. So, yeah, but he was, I, honestly, I, I, he was a godsend to this. And, and uh, I think that he opened doors for me. Toward the end, I had, um, I was delivering the book in mid-March of this year. And uh, I had a deadline. And about a week and a half before I was, I, I went back to every person I interviewed. Okay. And one of the people I interviewed was a guy named David Coleman. David Coleman is Lisa's brother, and he passed away several years ago. Mm-hmm. And I still had to get the permission of his estate. And he had some, nobody's really interviewed him. Mm-hmm. And so he had a lot of, he was really involved with influencing Prince, with the finger symbols right. and the, and the, the yeah, all that stuff is from him. He exactly wrote the song. And uh, he told me all the stories about that. And so I had to go through, I contacted Lisa, who I've known for a few years, and um, I asked her and or talked to her dad, and they got permission. But then Lisa said, you know, would you like to talk to me? And I'm like, yeah. And literally, about a, so I talked to Lisa, and we did back and forth on the internet, and she was fantastic with that, and um, answered questions a lot about her brother. Okay. And then uh, I got in touch with Susanna for some, through a mutual friend. And who's Wendy's sister? And then Susanna and I talked for like eight hours. Nice. And then she said, "Do you want to talk to Wendy?" Yeah. And literally, Wendy's interview came in a two day before I was delivering the book. Oh wow! And I was like, "But I was learning, yes, I do want this." And she she gave me some time, and I got some great stuff from her. And it, I think some of the stuff that like I said, some of the stuff may have come from Questlove being attached. But even before, you know, it just, I think, I think he liked it. And then him being attached, just put a cold sign on it to say, hey, yeah, exactly. Take this guy seriously. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I can't, you know, he didn't know me. So for him to say that is is just incredibly cool. I can't say enough wonderful things about the guy. (laughs) Shout out to Questlove. Seriously. We we need to have you on this show, sir. He's the best. He's the best. He's great. Arsenio, I'm shouting you out too. Um, All right. yeah, you kind of threw me off there. What I was going to ask you. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, um, uh, some of the people that I interviewed, uh, um, uh, Albert Magnoli, mm-hmm. who I've seen interview but doesn't interview as much, and he and I spent, we're great friends now, and, and we spent the first time, I, I said I want to spend about, you know, I, about 15, 20 minutes talking to him. We talked for eight hours. Oh. And literally it was a, a full shift of talking. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm taping the whole thing. And then transcribing the whole thing. Oh. He was exceptional. And he was so good. And he said, you have any follow-ups, anything, tell me. And then he came out to town and we had lunch. And he invited me to a, um, there was a screening of Purple Rain last year. Okay. And he invited me to that. Nice. And that was great because Jill Jones was on stage and Apollonia and Jerome and, and um, um, uh, Bob Cavallo was on stage. And then he said to Bob Cavallo, you got to talk to this kid. Oh, so nice. Bob Cavallo talks to me. Okay. And it just, it just seemed to keep... Growing, mm-hmm. and I had people like Brenda Bennett over the house, who was from Apollonia Six and Vanity Six, and you're just going, "This is the I have the coolest job ever! <laughs> I get to talk to all these people, and they tell me these stories, and right. and I find a way to, to put in a book, and and okay. like I said, and so many of them, Jill, as you know, is cool, and and Susanna's great, and Wendy and Lisa were fantastic, and um, and Matt Fink, and and Brown Mark, and everything. Uh, Bobby's the only one I wasn't able to interview. Um, he. Uh, I went to talk to him, but it was right after there was some things that uh, a TV show had come out that had nothing to do with me, but had um, quotes by Andre and some other people. And everybody was like, it, 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 oh, it, it, it just didn't, it didn't look good. 
it was like those guys got tricked. Mm-hmm. And I think Bobby was a little cautious. Bobby is a uh, he's the heartbeat of the revolution, really. And and I think he wants to make sure that his his Prince's legacy is maintained. Yes. And so he didn't know me, and I get it. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I'm mm-hmm. hoping after the book, I'm still going to give him a book. I want him to. He's in it. I, I use quotes from him from other places, but he was protecting Prince's legacy because he doesn't know who I am, and I, I completely respect that. So, so there were some people that that decided not to interview, and some people changed their minds after Prince passed. Okay, you know, um, and that made sense too. And some people came forward. You know, it's like yeah. that. That changed the hardest thing for me when Prince passed. Obviously, I'm a huge fan. But the hardest thing for me was going through the book and changing all of the Prince is to Prince was. Wow. Wow. That, it broke my heart. It's right. 500 pages of sitting there looking for every time mm-hmm. it says Prince is an innovator. Prince is this. Going back and saying Prince was. was. And wow. I realized that <clears throat> what's going on now is you're a big fan. It was always the promise of what was coming. The next album is going to be the bomb. This is going to be the one. That's going to, this is going to be the comeback. This is going to be right. the big thing. And whatever it was. And what is he going to look like? What is he going to act like with the songs? He's finally going to do the guitar album he's been talking about. Whatever it is. So there was always the, the... We weren't really looking back because we were still... He was always making us look forward. Right. And now we have the chance to kind of go back and say, okay, what did you do? And uh, this is part of that, is, is retrospective... Uh, looking at um, the effect and the, the, the um, what was involved with all the stuff. And I think that that's, to me, it's all we can do now because we don't have uh, the road to stop. There's an end of the road and we have to now go back and reflect on the trip. And that's what this is. So, um, Just to go back because I know you're, you're obviously a huge Prince fan a little bit. What I mean, what got you into Prince? I'm very curious. Like, you know, um, when you first introduced, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Nobody's listening to this, right? <laughs> Just a few people. Okay, all right. Um, I liked Prince originally because the girls like Prince, and, I, not mad at that. and I and I, I wanted to be around girls. And uh, that just says you have a lot of <laughs> Mac vibes in I just you. saw that was the way. And I thought, I like to dance. Okay. I like girls and I like funk music. This is a perfect thing for me. So I started liking that and, and I found that the, the girls that liked Prince, I had something in common with right away. And you're always looking for that pl- plane of reference mm-hmm. when, you know, going in the door. And once you start talking about that, you can then you have an excuse to talk fifteen minutes, and you can you can see that you're a good guy. That's why I originally did it. What, like what time frame? Is um, well, during college, we used to listen to 1999 okay. and Controversy, right. um, and then Purple Rain came out. And Summer Purple Rain was like, right. you're a little younger than me. I'm I'm I think I'm just a little older than you. So Summer of Summer Purple Rain, I was in college. Okay, so, I was just starting high school. I know, I look like 15. But <laughs> you know, I, you know, uh, and and uh, so the summer of, of Purple Rain was 84, and that was the date movie. Yeah. That was the date movie. Yeah. You, 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 you took somebody out, and your that odds was, were better. Yeah, that was the, uh, you know, the, the blockbusters that they have today. That was on the level of, you had to go see, I mean, my mm-hmm. whole school was like, you gotta go see Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. No oh yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. And and I come from a, a, a school area that, that is uh, really integrated. It's it's got a good mix of everybody. So I got a good chance to understand all the different music types. And we had a station called V one hundred three in Baltimore, which was just hardcore funk. 
And so I got educated in that. And so we always, in Baltimore and D.C., I grew up in Baltimore, we had a lot of, of you know, you got a lot of good music in that area. Oh, no, yeah, you, it's a good place, a good time for music. And, and so um, it, was, it was perfect for me to be around these people and to get into this music. And then, like I said, get to know the girls and, and my friends were listening to this. And then Purple Rain came out and all of a sudden I was... I was no longer a freak just for listening to 1999. I was like, oh, I've always liked them. You know, and, and, and then um, uh, uh, that, was, that was really the big thing. Is, is I remember liking Controversy. I didn't really know Dirty Mind at the time. I, I came in after that. But Controversy, 1999, and then when Purple Rain hit, that was, you know. Okay. That was, what, what sort of like flipped the switch from being sort of, I like this guy, I like some of this music, to being like, okay. Uh, I am a fan of music. I love, and finding out that this guy not only did Prince, he did the Time, mm-hmm. he did Vanity Six, did all this other stuff, and going, wait, wait, what? He did all this stuff, and then you realize he did it all himself. Oh, okay. Well, he wrote most of it, almost all of it. You know, Des I think wrote some stuff and, and some things, but yeah, he kind of did. There was something about respecting somebody that can do that. And yeah, Stevie Wonder does somewhat like that, and other people. But there's just something about Prince that, and I think that there was something about his music. I, I don't. He's his lyrics are fun, not necessarily deep. Always, sometimes they are, but he's not like a Bob Dylan type thing. But you know, but he's there's something about him. But his his riffs and his music beds and his, his, his the, the things he would bring to it, and the fact that he switched off every once in a while. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, I think I've got him nailed here. Ah, no, you don't. I'm going to do Purple Rain. Oh, no, I'm going to do Around the World Day. Oh, I'm going to do Parade. How you like that? I'm going to do Side of the Times. Mm-hmm. And you just sit there going, oh, oh, wow, you've got a range. And then he'll do an acoustic song, or then he'll do something else. And then he'll do um, In a Spanish Villa. And you're going, that's nothing like anything you've ever done. Mm-hmm. And that's hidden on an Apollonia 6 album. Okay. And, and, that, I, I just, and the other thing to me is I enjoyed collecting. Oh, okay. And he was a guy that back then every B side was different. Right. And you go and you can do a whole album of Seventeen Days, Erotic City, you know, and and some of those songs, she's always in my hair, are as good as anybody else's stuff. Right. And you're just going, that's he threw that away on a B side. That's crazy. <laughs> so when I started collecting that stuff, which the Pearl Rain era had, um, for the tears in your eyes right. and all this other stuff, you're just going that's just so much and then he comes out with another album before you're even done with this one that's just he just fed me that's really what it is okay. he, he fed me and that even that's a, and, and that's massive with, and then the other piece of Prince to me is the performance right yes. oh yeah, yeah, yeah which is like it's nobody doing that on, on that level I missed the Purple Rain tour didn't see it and um, it just wasn't happening when I, where I was around and um, first time I saw him was Love Sexy oh okay wow Good show. No, great show. Excellent. And some of the LA Forum and, and seeing him in the round, it was just phenomenal. <laughs> and uh, I just, it blew me away. I was just like... There's so much going on. Yeah. It's like, Where do you even look? To take it in, yeah. You always look at Prince. But then you see off the side, Miko shooting baskets or, you know, he's going... This cat, this it's cat, It's crazy. I think it was the first round concert I've ever oh, it's a, it's a, And it's the first one, I think it's very tough to do. Because he had a... There was a, a funny story about how he'd get on the stage there if they didn't have the underground passage, which often they didn't. They'd bring him out in a box. Okay. They didn't tell people this, but like he would be in a um, 
wheeled onto the stage in a uh, equipment box. And he'd sit there for 15, 20 minutes on stage, or, or go, they'd take it on stage, and, but that's where he'd be. And I thought, that's funny to me. I love those kind of stories. I love hearing the pieces of what made a person, you know, what made him, we all know him as Prince, this icon. Right. But hearing people talk about him as a person, you know, like hanging out with somebody, that's just crazy. When that's you crazy. hear that, it's like Elvis. You know, and when you read about Elvis, you're going, oh, wait, Elvis had meals? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. And same with Prince. And you're just going, that's just nuts. And I, that, that was, to me, the, the intriguing thing about writing a book like this is, is finding out that he had weaknesses, he had frailties, mm-hmm. he had uh, control issues, he had, but he also was the most creative guy you're ever going to find. And everybody kind of, they understood that, uh, you know, you accept that he's going to be this creative genius, and that's the ante to be in the room, you know? You, you ante up, and you, you, you accept that he's going to be demanding, going to work harder than anybody else, and you're going to step up to the plate, or you're going to get left behind. Wow. Yeah, so that's the big thing to me. So this, oh, another thing I wanted to ask was, were there songs, obviously I know you must be aware of, you know, there's obviously these release leak songs, bootlegs and stuff, you may have heard of these, right? (laughs) Doing your research here, working on the book, were there some songs that jumped out like, they still haven't been... I'm sure there's obviously... Well, I mean, we... And I say we because I had some friends helping me on this. Um, but... Uh, who were essential to this. I had a group of people that were really just... Oh, my God. Without these guys, I would not have... Gotten I mean, you need, to, you need to shout them out if you can. <laughs> I got them listening like, what the hell? What am I... Well, uh, Yust, uh, uh, Scott, Cam, and um, uh, Thomas. All, all guys were just incredible when it came to... Um, fact checking the stuff they, okay. they, they would go through everything I wrote and these, these were just incredible and then Pierre Nelson read it and it, so it was, it was oh, wow. a lot of people looking through this thing making sure it's right um, the question was yeah go ahead that's, that's them calling out yeah exactly you better, better, better mention me um, um, the uh, what was the question again? so it was like, where there's some songs oh yeah um the cool thing is a lot of the songs that are on the um, Purple Rain Deluxe we'd already, I already talked about. Oh. I, already, I already knew about them, already heard them, and was able to write about them. Nice. So okay. We Can Fuck. Um, uh, the, um, several of the other songs were, were still um, not out, but I was able to kind of go into detail about these tracks uh, just so I could get um, as much detail in there as possible. There's still a couple songs that I haven't heard, but I know of that I can talk about because the people who um, worked on them told me about them. Um, and there's some things that are, you know, exciting and there's some things that are a bit of a letdown. I thought that uh, Katrina's Paper Dolls was a bit of a letdown. You know, it's like, okay, that was one that we all kind of heard about and we were all excited about and they go, oh wait, that's kind of a... That's, that's kind of a funny sort of phenomenon though with some print stuff. Not that I say anything bad about Wally to be clear, but... <laughs> you know. People, you know, this is this the thing best in thing your ever. mind, right? Best and thing ever. It's like, well, it's good, but it's not the best thing ever. It's. I think there's an exclusivity when you're in that club. Right. You get excited. Right. And I get it. We've all done this. I, mean, I people are like, you should do this mix of the dance electric. It's it's the best because mm-hmm. nobody else has heard it. And then you know, it's like you want to be the guy that discovers it. And I get it. 
I, I don't think... Um, Me first. Yeah, well, and I get that. We all, you know, you discover a band, you want to tell them, oh, no, they're the shit, man. That's just the way we are, and, and I get it. Um, but I, 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 I don't think anything on the Purple Rain Deluxe thing changed how much we respect Prince you know it's like it, it added some of it to it but some of it was the kind of throwaway stuff and you think about the um, like I said the, the Katrina, Katrina's Paper Dolls that was sort of when he's, he'd just gotten done doing When Doves Cry and he was doing and you're thinking what that, that oh that song well, there's a reason why it never came out <laughs> you know and, and um, but again that's part of his legacy is he can have so much sometimes he'd go in the studio for a day and just say I gotta get something out of my system and not every you know not every joke you tell is great, right. and and that's just the way it is. And and so there's sometimes he'll tell a joke that doesn't land, and that's what it was. And and yeah. but that said, even his throwaways are better than most people's best stuff. Yeah. So that's the, that's the you know you're not going to hear me ranking. <laughs> oh no. no, 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 I know, I know. Um, well, just to jump into the conversation of this real quick, what are your thoughts on the Purple Rain Deluxe? I like it okay. a great deal. I don't. It's it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have had the long version of seventeen days on it. Could have done things like that. I know. Um, what it did was hopefully open doors. I'm hoping that they that okay. that Warner Brothers says, you know what, we should do a Sign of the Times one. We should do a 1999 one. We should do a, you know, and I and I, I wrote an article for The Current about um, about this. And I kind of reviewed all the unreleased songs because that's mostly what we all went to that disc. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't go to the edits disc or the, right. the remastered disc. I don't even know if I've listened to the remastered yet because <laughs> I'm like, I know the album. We got, you know, it's, uh, I think I've listened to it once. It, but uh, it was the outtakes that, you know, that's the disc. Yeah. And that's the disc that hopefully falls out of this poorly made um, cardboard thing they had first um, but I think that it was I'm glad they came out with it mm-hmm. um, it was there's some songs on it that really are happy that I'm happy we can fox out there I'm happy that you know some of the stuff's out there I wish the credits would have been better mm-hmm. um, I wish they'd done some of the more research on when some of the stuff was recorded, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I get involved with some of the things in the future. But and I, I, wanted to, I want to ask you, like, and, and again, I'm not saying that you are involved in working on that, but I'm just asking your opinion yeah. because you have this book and you've done a lot of research. Why do you think that there was sort of these issues with some of this? It took things? me 20 years to find this stuff. Okay. So, but Warner Brothers would have this stuff on file. It's just here's the thing on these kind of records, there's not a huge budget, so they're not saying, they don't have a research that just goes okay for two months. You're going to scour our records for, you know. So they don't have that. They're like, okay. A lot of the stuff I think they got from Prince Vault, which Prince Vault is exceptional. You know about the website. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the website, the princevault.com Prince or .org, uh, which are a lot of friends of mine and some of the guys that help okay. work on the book. Um, and their information they have on some of this stuff is dated because it's based on stuff we did from the vault and okay. Uptown. They also know the current dates that I have in my book. But since they've helped me, they've decided to hold off on publishing the stuff until after the book's out. Okay. As a, as a courtesy, um, they're going to wait a couple weeks after the book comes out before they, or a little longer maybe, uh, to be able to put the... Um, update some of those. Yeah, and I think that's fair because I, I, you, you want to have the book have some exclusive stuff to, to it. You know, you want people to, to, to look at it and go, oh, okay. Um, and the vault, the Prince Vault is, is freaking great. I mean, these guys do it for free. But I think... 
Warner Brothers looked at the Prince Vault and, and just didn't do research beyond that. And I think, you know, the funny thing is I think, and I say this all the time, I think every book out there mm. owes a debt of gratitude to the Prince Vault and to the Vault, the Pierre Nelson book and stuff. Okay. Okay. And they don't credit them. And it's shocking to me because mm. if they say that they did all this research on their own, there I, I can't imagine right. that they went and did the same research. Over. You know, and yeah, it, all this stuff stems from Uptown and, and things like that. And uh, um, that, that kind of stuff, not every all research, but just that kind of the dates and stuff like that stem from that. And I think that um, I'm surprised sometimes that authors and, and TV shows and movies and whatever else don't do don't credit due diligence. Well, yeah, dude, just saying, uh, respect. We got our information from this, right. and I think that I think that the Warner Brothers album got information from that because mm-hmm. some of the dates were dated. And um, but that said, I still think they did a great job with. Um, First off, getting it out. The fact they got something out. you, you got to respect that, if nothing else. Because nothing else has happened. You know, if we were only going to have moonbeam levels for the next two or three years, I was like, okay, come on. This guy's got 100 years of albums to release. Some good. Some not quite as good. I'll let you say that. <laughs> no, I'm not say that. I'll say that because, no, I think that there's certain songs that I think there's a reason why they're in the vault. Interesting. I, I don't think that everything... I don't think everything he did was perfect, but that's an artist. An artist will try things and they don't work. Right. Try different styles that don't work. Try how many times you, you know you see somebody try a haircut that doesn't work, but you got to give them props for trying the haircut. But the haircut isn't the one they give it back to, you know. So it's just my thought. I mean, you know, other people say, "Oh, that's the greatest song he ever did," and well, it's you know, it's art, so it's relative, right? right. And that's the cool thing about Prince also is because. You and I may disagree about a song, but the cool thing is there's that song for one of us to like. Right. I don't necessarily have to like everything he did. Sometimes songs speak to me. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. I'm a big David Bowie fan, but there's albums he did that I'm going, I can't listen to this. Okay. Um, I, I like a lot of bands, but there's times I'm going, yeah, just different path. <laughs> right. And, and uh, so if there's full albums by Prince that I'm not as fond of right now, there's bound to be albums in the vault that I'm going to be not as fond of. Because I... I can't say that every song of Prince is my favorite song. So there has to be a hierarchy of songs that I like and don't okay. like. There are some lower on the scale, on the scale mm-hmm. and that's all. You know, it's, I, but that said, I don't. I would not say that he should not record them or that you should not enjoy them mm-hmm. because that's the cool thing about Prince is some people love his jazzy stuff, some people love his instrumental, some people love his funk, some people love his rock. But he's got all that to choose, and he made his own genre of music. And this this is a question, and I'm glad we have an author. And this is one of the I don't want to say issues. I don't have issues with anybody, but um, some of the earlier Prince books, I would you know like you, I read most of them, not all of them. The ones that I kind of I sometimes scratch my head, and I'm like ah, is when they go from you know they'll be like the facts. This is what happened here, and that's what happened. But this song here on this album was Luck Laster or something in it. Yeah. And I'm like, I get your opinion, but I sometimes I feel like maybe you should, if this book is about facts and telling the story, you're sort of inserting, okay. you know. So, so talk to me about okay, that. Okay. I make documentaries for a living. Okay. And I did not understand certain things about this. And let's say I'm making a documentary and I'm showing something, showing some guy smiling. And I'm talking about the fact that he murdered his family. You're thinking, God, that guy's an animal. <laughs> okay. Because you juxtapose this. But if you saw him in jail, you're like, or you see him feeding the homeless and he accidentally killed a family, you're like, oh, I feel sorry for that guy. Okay. It's, it's 
the author or the creator of whatever it is can put their opinion in there without you knowing it. Sometimes it's a little more egregious. Um, if they say, you know, uh, this is a little more lackluster, or, you know, he obviously wasn't trying, it's their opinion and they are the author. Right. So it's, it's, here's the thing. It, it's not saying don't listen to this. I don't think I did that as much, but there are times I felt like that. And there's times I'm going, I really don't like the song. But at the same time, I know there's other people who may like a certain song. And I'm like, that song deserves as much information about it as the song I love. Okay. So that's not fair for me to kind of you know say, well, you're only going to hear a sentence about this song because I'm going to stab well, yeah, my feet. That would be our yeah. No, but I think, I think that the author has the right to give their opinion because they, okay. they're, they're writing a book. And the book is their perspective on this. No matter what, a book is going to be the facts filtered through the author. Okay, okay. And he's going to guide you to a, he's An author is going to take you on a journey. Mm-hmm. And the journey may include where he wants you to go. Sometimes a little more subtle. Right. Sometimes a little more obvious. And I think what you're saying is when it's too obvious, it's a punch in the head. And you don't want to hear somebody preaching to you about whether you should like a song. Yeah, I guess it, maybe it's a subjective type of thing. And sometimes I like to look at, so if I read a person's book, particularly if it's like, I guess it's about art, or mm-hmm. uh, I do the same thing with movies. I look at this person and say, well, what kind of movies do he, does he like? Mm-hmm. Because I might, I like action movies, and sure. maybe he's this Oscar bait guy, and he, so he don't look at this action right. movie and shit on it because it's not right. what he's into. So I, I, sometimes I'll think about when I'm reading some of these music books, I'm like, well, let me see, can I, how can I find out what he's into so that'll let me know when I'm reading it I can understand I I think you know know, I used to watch Siskel and Ebert yeah and I know they both like Purple Rain yes and so that was something that helped me Um, but there's times they may like like a movie that I like or people are gonna you know there's gonna be people that are paid to to be a critic sure and so they're kind of like the gateway and you're hoping that they like you said let me see your track record and see if if we agree up until this point that may influence it. But I think what's good is is by them at least talking about this stuff, it gives you a chance to go back and look at whatever they're talking about and say, mm-hmm. you know what, I went back and listened to that song and I think he was wrong about this and you know, and this is why. I kind of feel the same way. I don't want to hear too many opinions, especially if you're writing a book that's about facts. Mm-hmm. But I mean I just read a book about the Wright brothers, and I'm sure there were some opinions in there that are oh. hidden that I'm like going, you know, Marvel okay. was the smart one. Or whatever it was, <laughs> okay. you know. But it was like it might have been hidden, you know, by playing him off as a little more like Fredo than uh, than Sonny, you know. So I I don't know. Maybe sometimes it's a little uh, more subtle, but yeah, I get what you're saying. And you know, I think it's t- it's interesting too because we're at a time now where like everything is there's a niche for everything. There's almost a a lane for anything. Like you could be. Uh, I review only these types of albums and there's an audience that only wants to hear about you just talk about that and I think with Prince which is so unique is that he does all these different styles so you can't really be like well I only talk about funk well he's not only just doing funk or I only like pop or something he's crossing all of this stuff man this is what's so cool about him is because he does pop flawlessly funk flawlessly Rock, flawlessly. Uh, I'm not as much of a fan of his slower songs, but interview's over. Let's get out. Of here. <laughs> good, good this day. is what I was talking about. <laughs> I said, good day. No, but I'm not as much of a fan of his slower songs. I got you. But I still enjoy them. Okay. 
um, again, there's there. I'm going to put my my things are like I like his driving songs, his, his "Let's Go Crazies" and things like that. I I enjoy those, but that's just my thing. Sure. I try not to make that. You know, I try not to tell anybody else what they like. You know, there's sometimes he's got some really good slow songs that I'm like, God, that's that's good. Um, so 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 we just kind of break down the genres. Yeah, the genres. Yeah, the different genres he's got. Arguably jazz, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I not just arguably. I think he's. I think he he does do jazz. Yeah. You know, you get. Uh, later on with uh, News right. and and uh, the Rainbow Children and stuff like that that's more of a jazz thing mm-hmm. and there's some jazz really potent jazz on the family stuff the, the mm-hmm. uh, Yes is one of my favorite songs song uh, you know it's, it's great and and Susanna <laughs> Pajamas but the, 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 and no. oh it's so good <laughs> I used to jam those two songs I had the 45 with uh it must have been Screams of Passion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good. I used to didn't. I, I was like, I didn't know it was Prince. I was like, what is this? This is so funky. And then when I so was good, like, ah. it's so good. And it's a, it's a gateway. It's, yeah. it's 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 the marijuana. It's, it's exactly. It, it, you're going. I'll try, I'll try a little bit yeah. of that. And you know, the next thing you do, you're like, you're into something mm-hmm. much heavier. I I love his. I love that influence. And it's, like I said, his dad. You know, his dad influenced him. And, and then Eric comes along and helps that along. And I just. To Eric. to, you know, Eric's fantastic. I think there's uh, certain people that influenced him drastically. Mm-hmm. Wendy and Lisa, I think, were huge influences. I think uh, uh, Eric Leeds, I think Sheila was a huge influence from just throwing him in different directions that he didn't, that people didn't expect. And I think that he was one of these guys that would find his muse in several different things. Okay. And, yeah. and, and whether it was a girl he was dating, or whether it was a musician that he enjoyed jamming with, he'd take Eric and jam with him, or he'd take, um, you know, Sheila and just kind of say, okay, let's just play. And, and Morris, he'd bring in and say, okay, just start riffing, and we'll come up with Tricky. We'll come, up, you know, whatever it was. And Tricky's not a song that would have been, you know, known, but it's just him goofing off. And and so, I talk about Tricky in here oh. about recording Tricky, and it's fun to hear the stories about what they were doing. They they just gotten back from a concert and they're laughing, and. You know, they're just like in the best mood. And this is during a time when everybody else was saying that Morris and, and Prince were fighting. Okay, Because wow. it was after they filmed Purple Rain when everybody was saying okay. they were not getting along. Well, the fall, the, the spring, they were getting along enough. They were old yeah. friends. And there were times that they, like every friend, you mm-hmm. know, you got friends you get along for, for a while and you have problems. But during this period when they were working on that album, Prince and Morris were pretty tight. And still, you know, they go in the studio and, and do uh, my drawers and... Which is great. I know. Excellent. I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I, I love... I actually... One of the people that really likes the Ice Cream Castle album. I, I love... So now i got to ask you this. Okay. The... Was it Blast from the Past? Such oh, and such. I don't know what you're well, talking about. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Blast <laughs> from Back to the Future. I said, good day, sir. There, there was a... Well, hey, I'll say it. Okay. There was a, uh instrumental version of Ice Cream Castle's that I that I'm listening to you might not have heard it but that blows me away man. like I listen talk to talk about that. that in the book oh okay yeah that's it's it's uh, that was done on on uh, um, on a day that uh, he went in the studio with um, uh, uh, Morris and uh, uh, Jesse Johnson okay and Love they're Jesse all just playing Jesse. and I think part of that is based on a song that Jesse and Morris had worked on called Old, Old and Ignant <laughs> um, oh, the did. Um, oh man! That, that was that was something they'd worked on, I think, in oh, Minneapolis, yes. as I recall. And I don't have all the details on that, but they um, they brought that to Prince, 
And Prince said, okay, let's see what we do with this. And they, they did the instrumental on one day, and then Prince took the tape home that night, wrote the lyrics up okay. to it. And the lyrics come from, well, part of it is based on something from Joni Mitchell, okay. um, uh, from a song where she says, an ice cream castle's in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was that her? her uh, uh, I haven't heard some of her. Yeah, but a bit, it, yeah, yeah, I think that's what it's from. Um, I don't have my notes in front of me, but I think that's what it was from. So then the next day they recorded that. So... It's, it's that kind of stuff that, to me, makes the song alive to me. And, and I love knowing where the stuff came from and, and, and knowing the engineer that worked on this stuff. And I interviewed okay. Peggy McCreary, who was his big engineer. Peggy Mack, she was his engineer okay. for a long time. In fact, when Susan started, Susan Rogers, Susan, there were very few female engineers. And she saw Peggy Mack, and she's like, she see her names on albums. You go, I want to be like her. And then, you know, then she got the job. And so it was her influence. So those kind of people talking about this stuff. And the reason why I wanted to do the engineers is because the engineers were only the, the, the people are only exclusively in the, in the studio with him alone. Mm-hmm. Other musicians may come in and out. They're there for certain periods. But the engineer is there from setup to finish. Mm-hmm. Except for recording vocals, there in the studio with them, and that's nuts. To imagine sitting there, and Peggy even says in the book, sometimes it's really boring, and I'm thinking, "What? You're in the studio with Prince? You're saying that's boring?" And she's like, "Yeah, you know, you're in there 14, 15 hours a day. Yeah, it gets tiring." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I love how that kind of tired, you know." But that's you know, I think anything after a certain amount of time, and it's not you know. It's just the raw going through it over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially him. And the thing is, he wasn't a perfectionist. People say he was a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I don't think he was. He would sometimes accommodate mistakes. If there was a jingle or something like that that happened, you know, machine is messing up. He said, that's the way it's supposed to be. Keep going. And, And that's part of what made his music alive. And I think the cool thing about him is he's able to take something. He has goosebump music. As you know, you listen to it and you go, I'm getting getting goose flesh on this. And usually you only get that when people are playing together. Because when it's collective, you get that feeling of all of them working together for our thing. But if one guy can do that, that's impressive to me. That he can conjure all the spirits into that song on all the different instruments and make it seem like it's an, there's an urgency to it. And I think that's what live music feels like to me. Live music feels urgent. Okay. Like... We're on a tightrope here. I don't know if we're gonna. I don't know if we're gonna make it. And they do, and it's like, oh my god, that's great. He's like that with that, and and I think that's what gives me the goosebumps about some of his music. I know it sounds goofy to say goosebumps, but no, it really is to me. What uh, <clears throat> obviously Prince is is not here, uh, and I'm sort of wrapping this up yeah, a little bit. Fine. But what do you want? Uh, what would you want people to know about Prince? And I ask that because you know this book that you're doing is one of those things that sort of helps contextualize you know this particular period and give more details and to me I, I wasn't joking when I said it's an educational type of thing because for guys like me it's it's the you know this is the, the guidebook to sort of show day by like wow okay if I'd have, and I said this on another show if I'd have had books like this when I was recording it'd have been a wrap because I would have had a guide point to say oh this is what you're supposed to do. He went in the studio that day, that day, that we go in the studio every day. Well, how are we going to do it? Hey, he did it. So I'm, when I say that, it's, what do you want people to know? Um, two or three things. First thing, uh, he was a very charitable man. Okay. And incredibly charitable, and in a way that people don't always get, because he kept that secret. Mm-hmm. As you know, with working with the PRN Alumni Foundation, there is a, 
a huge amount of charity that he did that people don't know. And I talk about that in the book as much as possible. Um, I think that's something that really needs to be talked about because everybody knows his music and everybody can dance to his stuff and everybody does, you know, live performance and stuff like this. And there's not much I can add to talking about him live and things like this. He was just as good as he gets, as good as anybody gets. But his charitable work, um, it's a big one. His humor, I think you talk to enough of these people and they'll tell you he's, he's funny as hell. And, and I think one of them said he was as funny as Eddie Murphy. You know, he could have been Eddie Murphy. And, I, and you just look at this guy and think, oh, he's got that too. Great. Yeah, you he, see it in he, flourishes. Oh, yeah. You see little bits here and there. And you see the smirk. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, no, I get it. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, and, and part of it is, is a rich guy's jokes are always funny. I get that. But there's – when I think he let his guard down with people, that he could be genuinely funny and charming and mm-hmm. witty and clever and, and – uh, and dirty or whatever it was and whatever it was and make you laugh and I think that's something that, that gets lost in the mix and I think the other thing that really I, I think the book does talk about is the guy was a workaholic and, and mm-hmm. knew that you don't get great by not working on it you have to work and going to the studio and he was, he was religiously mm-hmm. you'll see daily Daily, daily. And then in September of 83, he doesn't take a day off until like the 21st or 22nd of that month. And every day he's just doing it. And you're going, nobody does that. Nobody does that. Mm-hmm. Now, the Beatles, the book about the Beatles like this, which inspired my book. And you see patches. And then they're not there. And then patches. But Prince literally is doing this. And the days that he's not there, he's probably somewhere else doing something else about music. And there's days that he's doing a concert that he's in the studio recording something. And then he goes to the concert, and then afterwards, or, or does sound checks that end up becoming a song. Um, I talk about uh, Temptation. In Temptation, he was doing a, a sound check, and then after the show uh, in, in uh, on the Rain tour in the beginning of December, uh, December seventh actually, uh, and he is uh, you know working on this, and he got to the point where he said, you know what, this isn't working playing with a band, and he pulls. Um, uh, Eddie M and he pulls a few other people and says we're going back to Los Angeles and they went back to Los Angeles and they checked out the uh, Jackson's victory tour while they were there and uh, that kind of stuff's cool too (laughs) to find out what he's doing he had an interest in Michael Jackson but then they they, they went back into Sunset Sound and said you know what we're going to record Temptation now that we know the song Mm -hmm. and he had Eddie, Eddie playing this sax on it and doing things like he's running past the sax the microphone with his sax and things like that and you're going oh you know just want to get crazy sounds and when you hear these people, yeah, exactly, you hear the, the person who plays saxophone and you hear the person that came in to play harp or something like that. There's a story about an old woman that he, he hired to play harp on Possessed. And you're just going, uh, was it on Possessed? Might have been on Possessed. Um, but you, and you, they brought her into the studio like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. And is this nice older lady that had a gown on and just, <laughs> wow. she's playing the notes for him. He's like, she said, what do you think? And he's like, you ain't doing it for me, lady. <laughs> and you're just like, you, you know he's got something in his head that he has to get out. Right. And he can't get it out. Sometimes he can't get it out through somebody else. And so that's why he'll take your bass and say, this is how it's supposed to be. Or he'll take the drum and say, get out of the way. And you're just going, the fact that he can do that and convey his stuff. I mean, Michael Jackson, you saw This Is It, and you saw at the end of that, mm-hmm. where he's talking, to, and he's doing, you know, you go, dit, 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 dit. It's supposed to go like this. Is, exactly, but he's not grabbing the guy's instrument and going, dude, and, and Prince would do that. Pardon me. Right. Let me get the keyboards and, say, and do like this, and, and, and you're just going, 
there's nobody mm. that does that and that's what I really hope it comes off in this book and if I like I said if I can do more books I'll be happy to do more books I would love to take I would love to do 10 books about prints like this about the studio sessions this is just a two year period and it's 500 pages right. there's other periods this is, it just happens to be his biggest selling period right. not necessarily his best period uh, if I had request uh, so 85 to 86 or something like that. My, I, I've already started working on uh, a second book okay. uh, that's 85 and 86, which is, again, it's it's all the stuff that he was recording for Parade, Sign of the Times. Around the World Day is done at the end of the first book. It's okay. completely done. That's basically how the book ends is he finishes Around the World Day. Yeah. So. The, the, my, the stuff that blows me out forever will be the, uh, you know, Crystal Ball stuff, Sign of the Times. Second so. book. All that, that's just like... Well, if there's yeah. enough... If the first book sells <laughs> enough, there will be a second okay. book. It's just... It's it's a matter of making sure that, you know... It's a time-consuming thing, writing a book. I imagine. You said you took... 20 well, 20 years... I'm not going to take 20 years <laughs> in a second book. I'll be an old man. Well, my, 20 years. My, my heirs doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think that... Um, now that I've got the information, mm-hmm. I think that I can start formatting it a little bit. When I interview people... For several different periods of his life, so it wasn't like just this. And some people I've interviewed have passed away. Claire Fisher, I interviewed, passed away. Um, uh, Tom Tucker, who, who was an engineer later, passed away. David Coleman passed away. I've interviewed uh, um, Vanity; she passed away. Um, there wasn't anything really in that interview I could use, but she talked. She talked enough in a lot of other places. So, um, so yeah. The the thing is, and we found out with Prince dying that that this stuff can all be taken away real quick. And it makes you sad because his story wasn't done. His story wasn't done. He had he had uh, work to do, and um, he was in mid sentence as far as I'm concerned. And all of a sudden, you're like going, "Wait, wait, what? This guy was the guy we all thought was really healthy, mm-hmm. and and this I'm hoping helps his legacy and people understand that the guy was driven, and the guy was. It's almost like he knew he had a limited time, and he had to get this stuff out of him, okay. and so. That to me is 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 his story. Is is this a guy that was more creative than anybody, and understood that it requires actually doing it. Well done is better than well said, and you can talk about something all day long. And I pay attention to the guy that did it as opposed to the guy that's talking about it. Gotcha. He was the guy that did it, so that's my thing. All right. Well, you are one of the guys who did it with this book coming you. out. And again, this November... November 15th. November 15th. Yes. Prince and the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions 1983 and 1984. Dwayne Tudal? Tudal. Tudal, excuse me. I was thinking of Snoop Dogg. Tudal. But <laughs> Tudal. Uh, I imagine you can go right now and pre-order this book, yes, right? Yes, you can order it on Amazon right now. Um, just look up my name, Dwayne Tudal. Okay. Uh, T-U-D-A-H-L. There's also a Facebook group. Yes. Uh, called right. the Prince uh, Complete Studio Sessions uh, book series. Um, sign up for that because I, I usually get my updates about the book and things like that directly there. Uh, I've also had uh, coupons in there to get uh, the book a little cheaper through the publisher, 30% off coupon, uh-huh. which still is active. Um, so if somebody wants to do that, um, and yeah, and also say hi to me. Say hi because right. uh, if you, I, I love hearing from people, I love knowing what people want because. If I'm going to do more of these things, I want to know what you like, right. you know, 
If you don't now, apparently, I can't put my opinions in these boxes. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> well, man, appreciate you coming on the show uh, and doing this face to face. That's really yeah, cool, good. man. So, good. thank you. Um, then again, and you, uh, you laid a nice tray of food for me too. Fantastic. Well, you know, I don't have buffet. a budget, man. Sweet, so man. water nice. is good. Very nice. <laughs> uh, but you guys, make sure you get this book. Go, go out. I'll put a link on the show notes so you can order it. It's a must. It's a must get. I've read a couple of chapters and I already know it's a must. You have to have it. Uh, it's one of those books that you know. There's a lot of Prince books out there. I don't co-sign all of them, but this one looks like this is this is one of those ones. And I'm the guy who's like. Yo, Prince, uh, what was that? Book? The first uh, Pierre book called it was Prince. The MSR? No, there was the one. Oh, the documentary. The documentary. Yes. I used to hold that, had that book, and then I got the other ones that came out, and this kind of, this feels like that same style. So definitely go check that out. This is the Prince Podcast. My name is Michael Dean. You already know what I'm going to say. Work it like a job. We will see you next time. Peace. <laughs>